Nick, you've been living at the Sunset Tower for over a year. They love having me there. You owe them $600,000. Okay, I'm gonna deal with all that, but I'm gonna get this next roll. And when I do, all of that changes. Then I'm back. Not that you went anywhere. Hello and welcome to the Weekly Real Podcast. My name is Ken. And my name is Jeremy. And this week we are covering Nick fucking... Woo! Cage! Yes, today we are covering the unbearable weight of massive talent. How pumped are you, Jeremy? Dude, this movie... (laughs) This movie... Is everything I wanted it to be. <laughs> For the most part, there were like one or two scenes where I'm like, eh. We'll talk about them though. Yes, but, we will. <laughs> but I am hyped to talk about this movie because I'm glad this movie was good. Because <laughs> we've been talking about this movie like for the last four months or whatever. And it's like, oh, it's here. It's finally here. Dude, I still remember when you texted me uh, because we were talking, you know, we come up with random movie and TV topics on our other show, our Thursday show, The Newsreel. And when you said um, the the topic for the movies will be the trailer of the unbearable weight of massive talent. I was like, I didn't understand what that meant or what that (laughs) was. I was like, huh? And uh, and then when I actually I'm, and I'm glad you sent the link, the YouTube link for the, the actual trailer. I was like, oh, thank God, because I didn't know what that was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so it's so amb- like, you, how could you not know, though? You know, the unbearable weight of massive talent. Who else has it? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And so we are be- going to be covering that movie uh, from top to bottom. We'll obviously we'll issue our spoiler warning when we. Uh, when we start talking about that movie, but before we jump into unbear- the unbearable weight of massive talent, Jeremy, let's jump right into our podcast ritual. And so uh, for those of you checking us out the, for the first time, this is where we like to warm up. We like to share at least one movie or TV show that we've watched in the last week. And so, Jeremy, what would you like to share for the this week's ritual? Okay, this is going to be a weird one because I did mention this offline. Uh, with Andrea, we were talking about anime, and this week you're not gonna know it, Ken, but it's gonna sound a little weird. It's Kaguya-san, Ka, Ka, Jesus, Marge. <laughs> <laughs> Kaguya-sama, Love is War. Okay, it's season three right now. Like season three just came out, and I am liking it so far. I there's like twelve episodes for, uh, for episode seasons one and two and it's like a rom-com type of type of show yeah these like they're basically about these two kids in high school and they're basically when they say love is war they're basically they kind of know that they like each other but it's like i'm not gonna be the one that confesses like no i'm not gonna be the one that confesses i'm gonna make her confess no i'm gonna make him confess and basically they're trying to make each other fall for the other one because it's like this ego thing i guess where they're they're like the alpha female and males of their uh, like respective groups or whatever in their one group and just like it like chaos ensues and it's super funny i like i to be honest i really like these rom-com like animes yeah sounds about right uh, yeah. now three plus seasons into this podcast i'm like okay sounds about right yeah it's like yeah i'm gonna watch like freaking dark like very masculine shows like reacher and you know i'm gonna i want the blood guts and live action but then you know when i watch my cartoons man i want some some rom-com it's very versatile this guy jeremy and his viewing viewing habits and that's why we started this podcast yeah i have some some weird habits i guess but yeah, I think it's a it's a good anime. Like it's very popular and it's really funny. So well, well you said that it's uh, you're in season three now. How does it stack up compared to the first couple of seasons so far? 
Uh, they're all good, honestly. Mm-hmm. There's only three episodes out so far for season three. I, I'm pretty much caught up. It's pr- pretty much on par to the episodes of season two, which was okay. really good. So, so um, yeah, it's it's good. Definitely recommend it, sounds like, which is always good. <laughs> so any anime fans, it. go check that out. Check out Jeremy's recommendation. Yeah, even though I totally butchered the name, but it's fine. It's whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you could... Uh, you could send us uh, your feedback on on the email. Email. We'll we'll get to that email address. Jeremy will tell you where to send that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'll definitely get to that later. <laughs> <laughs> well, for this week, uh, the show that I want to share for the podcast ritual is a is actually a Hulu original miniseries. I think I mentioned it to you offline about wanting to watch it, but I finally took the plunge actually yesterday. Um, I got about a, an episode and a half in before I guess I guess just exhaustion just kicked in and mm. I decided to just pause it and then pick it up again hopefully this weekend. But the show that I want to uh, share is uh, the Hulu original miniseries The Dropout starring Amanda mm. Seyfried, uh, Naveen Andrews, who's best known for being Saeed in Lost, uh, among others. I think William H. Macy's in this, uh, Laurie Metcalf. Uh, some just a few named actors and actresses that um, that veteran actors that we we should know, uh, but I mean I'm I've kind of been on that kind of social network type show kick uh, a couple of weeks ago. I mentioned Super Pumped. Uh, I ended up finishing that show. I I really liked it. And uh, for those uh, podcasts that I've listened to, they've mentioned if if. You know, if uh, a person does like Super Pump like myself, they're basically saying that the dropout's actually even better because Amanda Seyfried is so good in it. And I mean, I'm an episode and a half into the show out of eight episodes and she is really good in it. And so I can definitely co-sign on it. Um, I'm kind of curious to see, cause I'm not really too familiar with, uh, Amanda Seyfried's character, uh, Elizabeth Holmes, uh, who was the Theranos, uh, founder. I'm not really too familiar with the story. So everything's new to me. So I'll be just on the edge of my seat. It seems like, uh, the storytelling is really good and I do get that social network vibe and I've always dug that. So, um, if you have Hulu, check out the dropout. Ooh, so is are all the episodes out right now? Yeah, they they recently had the uh, finale last month, uh, at the end of last month. So it's been out for about a month now, like all of the episodes. Yeah, I saw the trailer. It looked interesting. I was like, okay, all right. Yeah. So Hulu, okay. Hulu, yes, Hulu original. So um, just to move on to the rest of the episode, before we um, talk about the unbearable weight of Massive talent. Let's uh, do a little bit of episode cleanup from last week, episode sixty-two. Last week we had uh, we had two guests. Well, not well. We had one guest. We had Andre on there. We had a full weekly real team. Mm-hmm. Um, but we last week we discussed Train to Busan with Francis Garcia again. Francis, thank you for joining the podcast. Uh, shout out to you. Hopefully, you might see him again later this season. So if you enjoyed uh, Francis on last week's episode, stay tuned. At Weekly Reel. Uh, but uh, Jeremy, we ran a poll for Train to Busan. Do you want to let the audience know what that poll was? Yeah. So the poll that we ran was, uh, what is your favorite Gong Yu movie or TV show? So Gong Yu, he was the main character in Train to Busan. And some movies and shows that we've mentioned uh, in the poll was Guardian, The Lonely and Great God, some some known as also Goblin, um, Train to Busan. Obviously, I put that in there. Squid Game, just because you know it's gonna be very familiar with the mainstream audience. And then Silenced, which is actually a bit of an older movie, about ten years old, but I heard it's really good, and it's actually on Netflix right now, and it's one another popular one of his. But I'm actually pretty surprised with the results, actually, and I actually voted for this as well. We got a lot of votes for Guardian, The Lonely, and Great God at dum, 50, dum, dum. 53%. So it won at 53%. Wow. wow. So we might, uh, I guess we got a lot of like hardcore Gong Yu fa- um, uh, fans voting on this. 
Yeah, it's like. that that show aired in 2016, I believe, like 20 episodes. Was it 16? I forgot. But it's it's actually a really good show for like like top tier K drama. <laughs> so it's a good one though. So I'm not I'm I'm surprised, but at the same time I'm not surprised. Oh yeah, no. Uh, you know I I should probably check it out. Do you know where if it's streaming anywhere? It. Probably, I know it was streamed on Netflix for like the longest time. It might still be there. If not, I don't know, Vicky, another <laughs> K-drama place. But I'm pretty sure it's still on Netflix. Okay, I'll uh, I'll definitely check it out as um, soon as we're done recording, just so you can see. And, and, and I think you mentioned Silence might be on there as well, right? Yeah, yeah. If anything, go watch the trailer first, see if like what kind of show it is. It's a, a little bit supernatural, I guess, in a way. Okay. I mean, he's a, he's a god <laughs> in <laughs> gotcha. a way or an angel. I forgot. Yeah. It's been a while. So, so, yeah, if you want to participate in our weekly polls that we usually run on Tuesday, check out uh, where, where can you where can they vote? So they can vote on Twitter, Instagram at Weekly Real. Yes, we Every just run Tuesday. it on those two. We just try to keep it simple at weekly real for both twitter and instagram just like yeah. jeremy said every tuesday yes so this week we are covering a movie that is character driven character it doesn't rely on you know corny special effects like big explosions mm-hmm. it's a movie that's pretty nuanced that works on multiple levels that is all about performance that might have a drug scene Maybe a paranoid thriller angle, or maybe a kidnapping or two. You know? (laughs) Too too meta, dude. (laughs) Exactly. But today, Jeremy and I will be talking about the 2022 film where Nicolas Cage plays Nicolas Cage in The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. And so, just like every other episode on our main show, here is our spoiler warning uh, if you haven't watched it yet and you don't want to be spoiled, hit pause right now. Go out in theaters because right now it's playing exclusively in theaters. Watch it and then come back, hit play again and join in the conversation. Oh, man, I'm so excited to talk about this movie. So, know, Jeremy, Jeremy, we're going to do uh, we're let's get right into the double feature. And I uh, will call it the double feature version 2.0 this week because just for season four, we came up with this. Slightly different format for the double feature where we like to do a random drawing because now we have Andrea joining the team. She has submitted a question. So we have three questions, but only two spots because it's called the double feature for a reason. So let me grab my trusty hat. I have each one of the we're doing video now. I have three poker chips. So red represents Andrea black represents uh jeremy's question and white is my question so i'm mixing it up and so for the first half of the double feature we're going with andrea's question andrea i got her question over here all right i pulled (laughs) pulled up my phone just in time all right oh shoot okay here's andrea's question who would you recast <laughs> in the unbearable weight of massive talent if not Nick Cage and Pedro Pascal? I don't. How does that work? <laughs> oh, man. Is it still Nick Cage, Andrea? That's what I'm wondering. Because <laughs> if not, I would say have the main person as Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> and then uh, I'll be Pedro Pascal's character. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god, that is hilarious. I would pay to see that um, because I, you know what? I feel like we'd see a lot of uh, <laughs> very similar scenes <laughs> where Jeremy is just like uh, fanboying the whole what two hours? <laughs> yeah, imagine me and Arnold on LSD. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh I'll just god. grab my hand. <laughs> And then you'd be visiting, uh, wait, where is uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger these days? Is he in, uh, back home in Austria or is he's he probably in, LA. in Hollywood? Yeah, probably. 
Oh my god! <laughs> but you know what? We should probably have it so that he's like uh, vacationing somewhere yeah. like exotic, like Mallorca. Yeah, yeah. I would probably say if it if a, if it was actually Arnold, it would probably be in like Austria, you know, <laughs> Vienna or something like that in his hometown, and like we get to eat like freaking freaking sausages and <laughs> all that weird stuff that. Yeah. He Drink eats. a lot of beer because I feel like that it's sausages and beer in yeah. um, in, in in a place like Austria. Yeah, wearing like very traditional outfits, dude. I can imagine that movie already. That's, that's too good. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? You're gonna have Jeremy pitch an idea where I, I feel like you're gonna pitch him a rom com. <laughs> I feel like we don't see enough of. I mean, what twins? Maybe. Maybe, maybe. I would probably pitch like a buddy cop movie with him or something like that. Oh, man. Yeah, oh, something like that. But then you would be the his partner, right? Yeah, yeah. Or I have to be his partner pretty much. And we're going to we have to solve a, a crime or, or a mystery. And, you know, there's we have to catch the bad guys, <laughs> you know, or, something crazy like that. Or I'm picturing a kind of a spoof of training day where you're playing Officer Hoyt and he's playing the uh, Denzel Washington character. Oh, my God. Yeah, but imagine instead of like how Denzel betrays Ethan Hawke pretty much, but imagine if Arnold like promotes me <laughs> and we become best friends. <laughs> <laughs> pretty well, much well remember in training day they were talking about that uh angel dust pcp it's basically yeah. like the same with the lsd yeah dude oh shoot but instead of just you on lsd or pcp you both are doing it so we get to see arnold uh high as well that would be so funny dude that would be hella funny and you know arnold's hella funny too so <laughs> yeah. that would be great but that that scene in this movie is definitely a top tier scene of this movie. Yeah, but I'll go into some of my nitpicks of this movie later. Yeah, I mean, okay, so obviously, I think I don't know if you remember, but when we were watching uh, our screening of the unbearable weight of massive talent, do you remember when I was like, dude, this is you and Arnold? <laughs> yeah, I think that was like the first scene where they met at the pool, <laughs> and then uh, uh, Javi's cousin was like bringing up stuff and Nicolas Cage is all depressed so he jumps in the pool or I, no 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 when Javi first comes up to Nick Cage in a, in a speedo <laughs> and then because I didn't know that Javi's character was going to be like this basically like fangirling out right yeah. in front of him he's acting all shy and everything <laughs> That, yeah, that was that scene. Yeah. Yeah. He's all like, dude, like, that's you. <laughs> he's like, start like just lingering and he's like, oh, like, oh, shoot, can I sit here like with Nicolas Cage? But I yeah, know, he was like literally side eyeing him like this, but he was like shy, like side eyeing. Like... <laughs> <laughs> that would totally be me and Arnold. <laughs> but yeah, I was, I was starstruck. I was just talking to Jeremy. I was like, dude, Jeremy, that's you and Arnold, dude. <laughs> it's too accurate. Yeah, but you know, the more I thought about it ever since our I was like, dude, do I have do I have, you know, if if I, if I was Javi, do I have someone mm. like a Nicolas Cage where I'm like super fanboying uh because of an actor? And to be honest, I couldn't think of one. Surprisingly. Really? Damn. Yeah. I mean, I've watched a lot of movies. I'm like pretty, you know, like I, I, I like certain actors, but it's not like, oh, dude, I got to watch every single movie. Like, you know, with you and Arnold, mm. you have to watch every single movie that Arnold's in or anything that he's been in. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. Like, I feel like the closest might be a guy like Keanu Reeves or Matt Damon or something like that. But even then, it's like, mm. uh, so like kind of if if you were to kind of reword andrea's question i guess instead of it being like you and then like another celebrity where would you basically who would be the celebrity that would play themselves that you want to see play themselves so that and basically you know i want to we, we kind of saw it in uh i guess an underrated movie netflix movie starring randall park and Ooh. uh <laughs> 
Keanu Reeves. Yeah, I, I kind of want to see Keanu Reeves in that in, in that thing, <laughs> basically playing himself again, a meta version of him. And we kind of saw that in, in the latest Matrix. Mm. Um, I kind of want to see him do it again because I feel like he was really good doing that. And then I again have some fanboy, not necessarily not Randall Park because I, apparently they they butted heads a lot. Uh, but I kind of want to see a, a Javi for Keanu Reeves. That would be pretty interesting. Ooh, okay, that that's a good one because you know honestly, I think it would be funny. But at the same time, if you look at stuff that's happened to Keanu Reeves, you could also make a drama if you wanted to. Or like some type of pseudo drama, just like um, there's this movie called JCVD, like Jean Claude Van Damme, where it is him, and it, it's a it's a drama actually, but he's playing a version of himself. I feel like that they could do that with Keanu also. Oh man, pretty that meta. So good. All right, well, you know what? Let's get right into the second half of our double feature. So we have two more questions. They're at, they happen to be mine's and Jeremy's. Thank you again, Andrea, for contributing uh, to our double feature. And so second half, we're going with you, Jeremy. All right. So we had a lot of Nick Cage movie references in here. We got, like, Con Air literally playing on TV. We had – what other ones did they mention? They mentioned um, um, the Rock, the Rock Face Off, uh, Guarding Tess, Guarding, <laughs> Guarding Tess. So, I want to ask you though, what Nick Cage movie movie reference do you wish was in the movie that wasn't in the movie? Obviously. Oh my goodness! I th- think they got all of them actually. Got all the ones that you wanted? Uh, yeah, because I because th- they did a National Treasure one, right? They did. I th- I want to say they did. Uh, they did a Gone in 60 Second ones. I think that was oh, yeah. a very subtle one that mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> that was actually pretty funny. Um, obviously, they did Face Off. They did The Rock because they had the the what the missile thing. I forget what they. It looked like a necklace on on like on the display case. Yeah. Um. Oh, there dude. was a National Treasure poster. I remember. Yeah. When they yeah. first walked into the the shrine, <laughs> I like to call it. <laughs> You know what would have been cool, though? Okay, mm. so this is not necessarily, like, one of his movies. But, obviously, you know, Javi is, like, a huge, huge fanboy. I would have loved it. Because, you know, how they had that grotesque um, statue with the, with the golden guns. Yeah. You know what would have been pretty cool if there was another statue of him in a Superman costume? Ooh. I think that that would be my answer. I think that would have been pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, a reference to um, was it called the Death of Superman? No, I forgot what it was called. Crap. Yeah, I, I, I forgot too. Like but that. he, you know, like back in the what late nineties when he was literally at the at the peak of his powers, his popularity, he was cast at one point to be Superman, which would have been really interesting. So. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would have paid to see that. I would pay to see it now, actually. Dude, that would be crazy. I don't think he would. I don't think he would want to do it now. Of course. I mean, he did voice Superman in an animated movie. I think. Yeah, I think it was a Teen Titans movie. Anyway, um, that's a good one. Just because we never got to see it, but the reference I wanted to see, I guess there was a National Treasure one. Uh, a Ghost Rider <laughs> oh, yes, reference. Yes, yeah, I, I forgot about Imagine if, like, in maybe that end sequence, the whole climax, the action sequence of the movie, mm-hmm. or if in Javi's Shrine or something, they had, like, a Ghost Rider bike, Ooh. and then he got to ride it, <laughs> like, Dude. in the climax of the movie or something like that. I thought, I think that would have been sick. Kind of a missed opportunity. Oh, At least, man. like, with, with the bike. You know what I mean? Yeah, that would have been sick because then again it adds another. You know, like I, we love chase scenes and yeah, the the more versatile like um, chase scenes with different vehicles that would have been pretty cool to have like that uh, Ghost Rider bike motorcycle. Yeah, I mean, if anything, just for for a, a laugh, maybe it's not even a working motorcycle. It's like, what do you expect? It's not going to go on fire, Nick. <laughs> You know what? I actually thought of another one, but an actual movie. Mm. Kick-Ass. Do like a, oh. a a mask or something like that. That would be pretty sick. Yeah, dude. 
That's a good one, too. I forgot he was in Kick-Ass. Yeah. He's, he's basically Batman <laughs> with guns. You know how I know. I almost watched Kick-Ass last night, but I was like, ooh, I don't know if I can stay awake for two hours right now. But I really wanted to watch it, share it with the ritual. It's a little behind the scenes <laughs> of the podcast. But yeah, Kick-Ass is now on HBO Max, by the way, in case you want to rewatch it. Mm, okay. Nick yeah. Cage, though, is probably Not my sponsored, favorite character way. on there, though. <laughs> yeah. But again, uh, that was our double feature. Um, I guess our new variant um, that we have. Thank you again for Andrea and Jeremy's great questions. I was unfortunate. I couldn't get my question out there. But you know what? Stay tuned next week for next week's movie. Maybe I'll have a question to contribute to the double features. So uh, before we take a break, let's involve you, the audience, with our audience question. So this week's, it's a no-brainer. I mean, we're talking about Nicolas Cage all the time uh, all the time all like for this whole episode and uh this week's audience question is what is your favorite nicholas cage movie so jeremy what is yours so the one i chose i don't think it's necessarily his best but it's the one that i can easily just watch like in any mood that i'm in it's gonna be national treasure the first one yeah first national treasure just because it's it's basically Indiana Jones, <laughs> but with yeah. Nicolas Cage. <laughs> you know what I mean? And just like the way he says stuff in that movie, it, it, he makes it sound like it's so easy. We're going to steal the Declaration of Independence. You know yes. what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. but it's like all the stuff that he comes up with, I don't think that any of them would work, but since it's Nicolas Cage, it works, you know? So mm-hmm. I'm going with National Treasure. Uh, that's a good one. And fun fact, you know, when Disney Plus became a thing, one of the first uh, few movies that I watched was National Treasure and National Treasure 2, back to back. Holy crap. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, I enjoy those movies as well. Uh, to answer the audience question, honorable mention, again, one of, not his best, but I feel like um, I could watch it at any part. I love Gone in 60 Seconds. Hmm. I, I love that movie. Um, pretty good cast. It's, you know, that whole heist thing, especially at the peak of, like, heist movies, I guess. Um, I thought it was pretty good. Is over the top. You know, it's Nicolas Cage. Yeah. But my all-time favorite has got to be The Rock. You got the mm. Sean Connery connection, obviously. And then, I mean, Jeremy and I are based in the Bay Area. San Francisco is featured yeah. at, in The Rock. And you get... Sean Connery saying, "Welcome to the Rock." See, I'm surprised you didn't say they didn't mention. I, I wish they corrected his heart location. You know, in the Rock when he um, basically injects himself right in the stomach where his heart is. <laughs> um, I wish they mentioned that in the unbearable weight of massive talent. To and you know where they should have mentioned that at the very end when they mm-hmm. had that one scene at the very end where they spliced it, where it was like real life. Mm-hmm. right into Javi's movie. They could have had him stab uh, whoever the bad guy was in the heart in his stomach. <laughs> that would have yeah. been so perfect. <laughs> See, that they should have made that reference. Maybe, maybe it's too uh, like ambiguous or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's only something that you, you and I would notice. <laughs> yeah. Dang it. Oh, well. Miss opportunity. But anyway, uh, if you want to chime in on the audience question, definitely DM us, uh, DM us on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, remind our audience where again? On Instagram, it's going to be at Weekly Real. So you can DM us there or, you know, retweet us or something at Twitter, at Weekly Real. Yes, on the tweeters. And so uh, if you want to give us more, you know, more detailed answer, we have email as well. So, Jeremy, what is our email? Our email is weekly freaking real <laughs> at gmail.com. Oh, you know what? Wait, is there an apostrophe there? Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, it's not. But okay. So, no apostrophe. <laughs> no apostrophe. No, you know what? It's not even that as well. <laughs> I just wanted to get your hopes up. But anyway, Dang. it's weeklyrealpod at gmail.com. So, Jeremy, let's take a quick break.
All right, we're back from our very quick break. And so, Jeremy, let's get into our, like you said, weekly effing real awards. <laughs> so <laughs> our first weekly real award is the I Am Groot Award for favorite character. I feel like this is a two-horse race. But who knows? I don't know. You may have thought one of our supporting characters uh, was your favorite. So, Jeremy, who's your I Am Groot Award winner? No, nah, man. Like, basically, this movie is carried by by two men. And one of them is Pedro Pascal, uh, the one I'm going with, with Javi. Dude, it's just like, I didn't, I, maybe I was just so surprised of, with how funny he actually is. It's like expressions uh just the subtle nuances of his fangirling <laughs> it's like yeah. basically he was like this really rich fangirl that paid nicholas cage to be at his birthday party which aren't to be honest the birthday party in itself was maybe the weakest scene of the movie uh-huh. in my opinion when like nicholas cage is like walking around um trying to get into that one room I think I think that was honestly the weakest scene for me, but but their chemistry together was undeniable, <laughs> and you know what I mean. He's like, "Thank you, you know, for coming to my birthday party and all that stuff," and he's like, "Oh, I wrote you a screenplay." <laughs> There's just so much stuff that, and the way that he plays it, uh, and it was just so sad that even when I watched the trailer, though, I'm like, "Oh man." It's sad that um, Javi's going to be like this bad guy eventually. But luckily, to this plot twist that took a turn for the good, he wasn't a bad guy. And we got we got the, the brotherly love that we always wanted. <laughs> I know. I mean, they, they obviously showed snippets within the trailer uh, about how their chemistry was. And I was already laughing at the the first trailer, the the one that you sent me originally when right before we talked about the newsreel, and then uh, obviously the more official trailer. And dude, it dude it surpassed my expectations as far as how good their chemistry was because that literally carried the film as soon as uh, Nicholas Ca- <laughs> Nicholas Cage arrived and. Uh, in Mallorca and literally you could already see like the reaction shots of Pedro Pascal as Javi, like literally like being hella nervous. It was just like, it just went up another level. I mean, it was already good, like a good setup because you get all the meta Nicholas Cage uh, in the beginning. And it was, I thought it was really good, but man, as soon as he arrived in Mallorca and you get the whole thing, dude, I will pay good money to see, those two actors in another movie it could be drama it could be rom-com it could be anything i'll i'll go see it dude i i hope that they team up again that's that's the that's the team up i never knew i wanted (laughs) you know what i mean that's so weird but it's so good yeah because i mean my award winner i gotta go with nick cage because i was like okay well I'll go with whoever Jeremy doesn't say because really <laughs> these two are just uh, they carry the movie so well. I mean, even the uh, the the birthday party part where you were talking about how you know it wasn't the strongest part of the movie. I thought he was still pretty funny in that where it was a subtle like I I think I just touched my forehead and oh, yeah. it was it was some pretty good like uh what do you call it physical acting where you know he was playing like. It's true. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, like just he was just like drugged and everything, and I he was pretty funny. That I I I would have to agree that was really good. The the acting, the comedic acting of Nicolas Cage in that scene was actually really good. The only like maybe the only problem I really have with it was that maybe it dragged on a little too long, considering yeah. the runtime of the movie. I I just was like, I want to see more Javi and Nick. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, but I. I don't know if we've ever seen Nicolas Cage in some sort of spy craft type thing. And so to be able to see Nicolas Cage like play like himself with the whole thing. I, I Correct me if I'm wrong. It looks mm-hmm. like. No, I just remembered something hella funny that we didn't even mention offline. <laughs> Do you remember when he was hacking into the computer of that um, in that little safe or whatever? 
the the mouse the mouse pad did you notice the mouse pad in there it had like multiple faces of nick cage on the on the mouse pad it is all zoomed in like if it was i don't know something that you would a, a weird mouse pad that you would buy like off of amazon or just somewhere online like etsy or something like that i feel like it's an etsy (laughs) i feel like it's etsy or even like uh maybe in like chinatown or like a flea market or something like that yeah and they're like all faces of nicholas cage but they're like all overlapping each other so when like nicholas cage goes to like get the mouse and all that stuff you get a good shot of the mouse pad (laughs) it's just all pictures of him I, I forgot to mention that. I thought that was so funny. Yeah, it was so good. I mean, I I feel like, uh, man, I, again, we their chemistry is just undeniable. Uh, I wonder how funny the readings were uh, when they were reading for this movie. I know, because Nicolas Cage went on to say, like, he's not going to watch this movie. And I'm like, dude, you should just watch the movie. It's a good movie. Like, regardless of uh, you're playing yourself... <laughs> A version of yourself. Like, it's an entertaining movie, so good job, Nick Cage. I know, dude. Uh, dude, Nicolas Cage is back. I feel like it's... Dude, we just got transported into the late 90s, early 2000s. Never like he was... Never... What would they kept saying in the movie? Yeah, never like he left. Never like... <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Like, it's not like you ever were gone or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, with uh, the great Neil Patrick Harris as his, yeah. uh, as his agent. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He was actually pretty good in this as well. I feel yeah, like he, he did a pretty good job. That one massage scene where they were getting the <laughs> <laughs> where they were getting hurt. Dude, uh, I I was I was cracking up. It was unexpected. Yeah, that was the <laughs> I forgot about that scene. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah, cuz oh, Yeah. It also uh speaking of Neil Patrick Harris, when he was saying Oh, when they were like sitting in the bath or whatever with their towels on, basically, uh, he's like, "Like Nick, it's it's the easiest gig gig you'll ever have. You're playing yourself." So it's like there's east like little subtle lines and throughout this whole movie. I mean, maybe not so subtle when you're talking about Javi's screenplay, <laughs> but <laughs> but basically the whole movie is telling what the whole movie is <laughs> it is it really is um yeah that that whole description of how they would do a movie between them and have the movie about their relationship <laughs> is so <laughs> meta especially the way to describe everything about it especially even how they talk about how it starts off as like a character driven mm-hmm. movie or whatever. And, and it just, it just kept progressing as the movie goes. It literally progresses in order in that order. Yeah. It's yeah. like, why is there a kidnapping? That's so different from the rest <laughs> at the end. Well, you need a hook you need to have a, a wider, like a appeal to, you need to appeal to the wider audience. <laughs> Which I guess. Yeah. Like that's what, like you get that climax of the movie right (laughs) (laughs) yeah because you need a plot point you need something to drive the story (laughs) you can't just have a comedy where they're just talking and then it was just that whole part like was just them just talking yeah even (laughs) though i love that part it's like no one wants to just see people like two guys talk (laughs) it's like even though it was like the best part of the whole movie. Holy oh, crap. Yeah. And, we'll get, and we'll get to that mm-hmm. in just a little while. So, Jeremy, let's move on to our next award, which is the Yinsen Award. And uh, the Yinsen Award for this episode is for underrated scenes. So which scene do you think is underrated for this movie? Ooh, underrated. Okay, because there's so many good ones I want to choose. But I'm going to go with... A scene that might go under the radar because that's the award. <laughs> I'm gonna go with I certainly the, hope so. <laughs> the the shrine scene. Oh yeah. Basically, the reveal that it's like, oh, Javi's holding the kidnapped girl uh, in this little place, and then he's like, oh, what what's behind there might change how you how you look at me. <laughs> <laughs> I love that build up too. And he, yeah. <laughs> And I love Pedro Pascal's acting in this because it's like he's so genuine in this. At the same time, it's like it doesn't feel like he has to act too much. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But it, but 
at the same time, I was convinced that he could be the bad guy, which made the scenes even funnier. But uh, in that shrine, obviously, we get the reveal that it's just uh, all the Nicolas Cage memorabilia from different movies and all that stuff. And we talked about this. Our favorite prop in that in the shrine is the the sequence pillow. <laughs> the pillow. <laughs> the way the way Nicholas Cage like just I don't know messes with it, and then the way they focused on on Javi, like literally taking the time and he's oh sh- let's let's fix that <laughs> yeah, just, real quick. Just gently like fix the sequence on the pillow to be to fix basically Nicolas Cage's face on the pillow again I feel like that was underrated man because I was dying I don't know what was wrong with our audience and you know me I normally don't I'm not very vocal when I watch movies but man I was cracking up during this movie like out loud and I normally don't do that unless it's really funny and that that was one of the scenes I was like yeah I got me. I think Jeremy and I were literally the loudest two people. And our movie, I mean, it wasn't a big uh, theater because, you know, again, we watched it with luxury luxury recliners. So there's fewer seats just in general. But it was actually a packed movie theater. And Mm -hmm. we were literally the uh, loudest two. And, you know, uh I think we were the <laughs> we were the only ones laughing at every scene because I think we found something <laughs> funny in ev- literally every scene. Yeah, even if it was like the the littlest thing, sometimes it's like something very subtle. Even if it's just uh, Pedro Pascal's expression, we just start <laughs> dying, dude. I don't know, dude. His reaction shots were some of the best I've seen that I can remember. It, like the just the subtle acting of Pedro Pascal was so good in this. See, the, the subtleness reminds me of Dumb and Dumber. Maybe that's why I enjoyed it so much. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Uh, my winner for the Yinsen Award for underrated scene, um, it's actually in two parts. I'm going to admit, because I, I was like, okay, just in case Jeremy mentions mine, my winner, I'll, I'll specify which one. But part part one of my winner is when Gabriella literally forces Nick Cage to like, mm. Hey, go with Javi to go see the uh, cliffs because literally if that <laughs> doesn't happen, I feel like the rest of the movie doesn't happen because she forces him to go hang out. Obviously he was at that point in the movie, he was just down in the dumps, depressed because obviously he was Nick mother F and Cage. Um, and he couldn't even get like, like kind of like an indie movie, it seemed like. You know, he was trying to, mm-hmm. you know, do a character piece. He was trying to do a Boston accent. That, that was horrible, by the way, <laughs> <laughs> in the beginning of the movie. And, um, and he, you know, she basically just kind of like let him know. It's like, dude, go see Javi. Because Gabriella, I feel like, was an underrated character uh, in that she supported Javi in, <laughs> in basically his fandom, but supported him in a lot of different things, even though it was more of a secret lover type thing uh, or secret uh, relationship, I should say. But I feel like that then leads into the scene at the cliffs where literally Javi just finds a way to inspire Nicolas Cage to not quit acting. (laughs) And uh, dude, the way that, you know, he does some improv and obviously Nicolas Cage was very hesitant at first in, in things like, dude, no, no, I'm, I want, I'm done with acting. He was very unsure of himself, but he eventually broke him down and Nicolas Cage joined that, that improv scene and they literally just went for it. They jumped. And I felt like when they went for it, that's when, and, and they jumped off the cliff. That's when literally the movie just took off. Yeah, yeah. Not saying that the movie was like slow before that, but th- literally that's when it kicked off and didn't really slow down after that. Yeah, because it was good. It was again, it was a n- nice character-driven movie. Good dialogue. You kind of feel for Nicolas Cage at that point, but then, dude, right when they jumped off, it's like holy crap, we could have died. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like just yeah. I, <laughs> Which you could tell that it was not Nicolas Cage jumping off that cliff. It, it reminds you of what Terminator Two when you see 
Arnold uh, with his motorcycle <laughs> jumping down. And it's yeah. clearly not Arnold. Clearly, just, yeah. Some little ass dude compared yeah. to Arnold. <laughs> yeah. That's how I was like, hey, that's not Nick Cage. But, you know, it's fine. Yeah. It, it, it was a good scene, I think. And so I, I was entertained uh, watching it. So let's get right into our next award. I think it's one of our favorites because, dude, we love good quotes. We love funny quotes. And so the next award is the Why is Gamora Award for favorite quote. Jeremy, there's a lot to choose from. What was your favorite? Ooh, my favorite. All right. So this is a little after our cliff jumping scene because then they go on like this little adventure together. But this is happening at the end of that montage, okay? Because... They're, they're talking about, oh, what's your favorite movie? You know, I want to know your favorite movies. And so... I'm going to stop you right now. This okay. is my favorite as well. Go yeah. ahead. <laughs> this is a good one, man. Because <laughs> it was so out of left field. And Nick Cage is like, can you just stop stalling to answer the question? What's your third favorite movie of all time? And then... <laughs> this is the way Pedro Pascal says it to Javi. He says, Paddington 2. <laughs> What? (laughs) (laughs) Nicolas Cage's what? Right at, like, really right after it was so good. (laughs) And then, you know, he's like, Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, Paddington 2, connect those dots. I mean, I don't want to be a snob, but then Javi, like, cuts him off. He's like, I cried through the entire thing. It made me want to be a better man. Nick Cage, bullshit, man. And then I love just the hard cut to basically Nick Cage watching Paddington 2. Then he's like, Paddington 2 is incredible. (laughs) Javi. The the best line is at the end. Yeah, the best line. I fucking told you. (laughs) (laughs) Freaking Javi, dude. (laughs) The way... uh, Pedro Pascal deadpans the entire scene. I don't, dude, I would pay to see the outtakes of the, of that scene because I feel like they would be just, I don't know, just like, just cracking up every time. Dude, you know what's funny too, now that I'm thinking about it, wasn't when they were watching Paddington 2, wasn't like Nicolas Cage sitting on the couch like like hugging a pillow yeah. while um, Javi's on the floor like on his stomach? Yeah. <laughs> like, and then he like turns around. He turns around, sit. yeah. They're watching the movie like a freaking two teenage <laughs> girls watching them, like having a movie night. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it was so good that uh, Nicolas Cage ended up watching it with uh, with his daughter. Addy. Yeah, at the end. It's like, oh, can we watch one of your favorite movies? It's like, what's your favorite movie, honey? Paddington 2. <laughs> <laughs> that I reveal. Will, I will admit, I will admit, I was uh, I was thinking about watching it just for the ritual. Just because. It was either that or a Nick Cage movie, but... I, I know. Who knows? Maybe we have to do a Paddington franchise watch. Who knows? Yes, franchise watch, not even a rewatch. Because I correct me if I'm wrong. You haven't seen either of the two, right? No, I mean it's a talking animated bear. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> but apparently I've heard that's very heartfelt. So yes, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> <laughs> even before seeing this movie, I heard that. So I was like, oh, if this if fictional Nicolas Cage says it's good, it yeah. might be good. I know it, it may. <laughs> You know, it may cause you to be a better man. It might be, who knows, it might be turn out to be my third favorite movie of all time. I know, right? Exactly. Behind Terminator 1 and Terminator 2. (laughs) (laughs) Holy crap. Oh, shoot. Well, anyway, let's get right into our next award. Uh, I mean, dude, this movie was so funny. It's only fitting that we give out the Get Help Award for Favorite comedic scene so uh, who would you give it to dude there's too many um i feel I'm like gonna... there's gonna be some overlap here too <laughs> okay okay uh because i do have a couple but i'm gonna say like my all time that i feel like it's gonna stand out it's when javi and nick t- like they know they have to kill each other Ooh. at the very end especially when that that part where they're like 
going face to face, walking to each other, and you, they like close up on their shoes, and there's this very dramatic music, yeah. and then it, then it leads into that uh, where they're Sydney in the car scene, you know, and that scene is my favorite when mm. they're Sydney in the car, they're unbeknownst to them that the other wants to kill the, the wants other. to kill him, you know, yeah. the other. They want to trade shoes. It's like, oh, I like your shoes. <laughs> it's like, want to trade? <laughs> and it's like, for real? <laughs> and I just remember the the lady that was sitting next to me is like, oh, they're such girls. <laughs> yeah, I, remember seeing, I remember hearing that comment. I was dying that entire scene. And I, yeah, I was cracking up, dude. And just like... <laughs> just their faces especially pedro pascal the way he was like reacting when he was putting on their shoes and uh but for when it then it climaxes into when they actually like point the guns at each other yeah i don't know man it just it it was like oh shoot what are they gonna do but luckily they don't shoot each other and yeah. you know the the comedy ensues well, the shoes, I mean, became a quote-unquote running gag because <laughs> you got Nicolas Cage complaining that the uh, the Gucci loafers don't have any ankle support. And I'm like, dude, did the, did the Vans slip-ons Slip actually have ankle support either? <laughs> it's like, you're faster than me, Nick. I've seen you, what do you say? I've seen you run in a, oh, shoot. It was a national treasure, wasn't it? Was it? Did he say national? The, the, was it was one of those. Uh, it was a featurette. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what he said. I seen the featurette of <laughs> national treasure. Holy crap, dude! That's how much of a fan he is. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, that was good. That was good. One. And which is surprisingly, he, like Nicolas Cage got there pretty fast compared to to Javi too. So it was yeah. accurate. Javi was right. I wonder if they raced like in the van <laughs> to see who was actually the faster runner and Nick Nicholas Cage ended up winning and then they just decided um at throwing in that line <laughs> about him being faster. Yeah, who knows? Maybe. Just cause uh he um Pedro Pascal's used to having a jetpack, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Plus, you know, it'll make us want to watch the featurette when the uh, when it comes out on digital. <laughs> <laughs> True. Oh my god. Well, I mean, that was definitely t- uh, 1B for me. I was like, okay, I got to mention these scenes in my in my notes, and I'll mention whatever Jeremy doesn't. For me, my favorite has got to be the whole LSD scene. Mm. Like, literally everything. Yeah. Because they're talking about, like, again, the movie, because I, I love the meta comments, because just remembering how the movie shakes out and then looking back at what some of the quotes were, and basically, it was literally in order of how the movie ended up shaking out. Felt was underrated, and it was funny to me because it's good, just writing, good dialogue, mm-hmm. very meta. I, I I always love meta comedy. Uh, but then later on, obviously, they get the whole paranoid uh, yeah. part because after they think and then the, the laugh uh, when they're looking yeah. at the two guys. So just how- do a fake laugh when you look to when you turn around. <laughs> 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 it's hella obvious. <laughs> oh my god, it was so and so good. afraid. Oh, dude, and then obviously you know it leads into several chase scenes, and then mm-hmm. you know they they featured it a little bit in the in, in the trailer, but dude, the way you see the full version of the wall scene, yeah, was my absolute favorite scene just because of how cinematic it was. It reminded me of a uh, cliffhanger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Slice Stallone movie. It's Cliffhanger. Mm. Cliffhanger, right? Uh, yeah, Cliffhanger. Right? Yeah, yeah. That's what it's called. Yeah, it's like just literally, it just seems like, oh, grab my hand. And then, like, yeah. literally, when he falls in slow motion and he, like, literally, even though it's slow motion, he just falls like six inches or whatever. Yeah. Dude, they left and, and that part out. That, the slow so motion, dude. It's like, oh. No. <laughs> <laughs> then he keeps talking after. Oh my God! Uh, Just go. Yeah, and then and then again the the whole paranoid angle because those two guys then appeared like on the other side of that wall again. It's like oh no, and then it it then it leads into, leads into the whole <laughs> the, the the driving scene with yeah you drive <laughs> like in gone in sixty, gone in 60 seconds. seconds. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dude, I just love meta comedy and 
you know, add a little bit of physical comedy on top of that. Uh, I think that's, I was trying to gauge where I laughed the hardest. I feel like that and your scene were like top two for me. Mm, I agree. That wall scene, I like, it looked kind of cheesy in the trailer, but the way it plays out fully in the movie it was really funny. I did not expect that scene to be one of the top scenes in the movie. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, Jeremy, we've reached uh, the part of our episode where we are talking competition. The Eye of the Tiger. Do we? Because it? Uh, it seems like, <laughs> dude, we're neck and neck again. Because, you know, we, we came up with this new rating system to prevent ties and sure enough, after how many episodes? This is what we've had four. Yeah, think, we've had yeah. four movies prior uh-huh. to this week. This is our fifth movie that we're covering in season four. I mean, we're tied six all. Andrea is close behind with four. But just to remind new uh, the audience of our new rating system, whoever is first closest to the uh, the, uh, the actual Rotten Tomato score. That person will get three points. Second place will get one point. And uh, bringing up the rear, whoever gets last place gets nada. So, mm. um, Jeremy, do you have Andrea's guess for the unbearable weight of Massetown? She guessed 89%. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Oh, she probably mm-hmm. loved that movie that much. And so, Jeremy, do you want to you give your guess? I'm going to go a little bit more conservative and go with 81%. Wow. I guess today I am the Russian judge. I'm going with 71. 71. Yeah. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. So uh, going on Rotten Tomatoes now. Uh, This one, I feel like our margins are so different now. All right, so the unbearable weight of massive talent, and with a Rotten Tomato score of eighty-eight, <gasps> it looks like oh, Andrea dang. took this one. And so, Andrea, it looks like Andrea got first place this week. Jeremy was next closest at uh, what would you guess? Again? Eighty-one. Sorry. Eighty-one, and I. I was I I don't know I, I, I just I was like dude I didn't think people would like this movie or critics would like this movie mm. I thought the audience score would be like really high and so that brings Andrea to actually oh my goodness yeah <laughs> Andrea is up to seven points Jeremy's now at seven points and I'm bringing up the rear at six points oh my goodness we are tightening it up. <laughs> Yeah, dude, this is, I don't know, man, we're supposed to avoid ties, but we're, we're neck and neck right now, but it's still early in the season, so we're still okay, yeah. Being and now I'm tied with Andred now coming into next week. Oh, man, this is my, I guess my worst week, this is the first time I've gotten last place, man, kind of Finally sucks. didn't get last. <laughs> <laughs> I know, you got second for the first time, which is pretty funny. So, Jeremy, before we close out this week's episode, let's give out our final award, of uh this episode the i love you 3000 word where we rate uh where we rate the unbearable weight of massive talent uh between one to three thousand you know i should have listened to my guts because i literally gave it a 2640 out of 3000 which is 88 <laughs> percent oh my goodness 88 percent that's yeah. really good i mean and this is under your uh your updated Rating my, scale, right? my new rating system, because I, you know me, I don't normally go out of my way to watch comedies. And when I do watch comedy, it's hard to impress me. So this one impressed me a lot. So 88%. Yeah. Well, you know what? It's funny. Uh, you guessed, what, 81% for Rotten Tomatoes? That's actually <laughs> where I rated it. Uh, I'm giving a uh, 2436, which is about 81.2%. Mm. so it's pretty funny that uh man i would have gotten second place if i would have just gone with my with my rating uh for the unbearable weight which is really good for me i there was like uh, obviously just kind of some general cheesiness when it comes to this sort of thing because you know it's not really a like supposed to be like plot driven but this one had a lot more plot than normal so yeah it was a good movie overall 
character driven. It's character. <laughs> yeah. character I just driven. I just hope people will eventually find it. Maybe not necessarily because I feel like again we we talk about how only people watch like superhero movies at the theater. Yeah. I hope that when this streams, this literally will be a one of those um, cult classics. I hope so. Yeah, I feel like it has that potential. It's so good. So good. So, uh, Jeremy, do you want to preview what we have next week? Yeah, next week we're going to be talking about a young Nathan Drake who is recruited by a seasoned treasure hunter, Victor Sully Sullivan, to recover the fortune of Ferdinand Magellan in... Uncharted, based on the video game of the same name. And last season, I remember I was hyping up this movie for the longest time. And recently, it just came out on Blu-ray and digital and all that stuff. So we're going to be talking about it next Monday. And you get to hear all my thoughts from the from a Uncharted video game player. And then Ken, a... Non-uncharted. <laughs> casual movie watcher. <laughs> Cav- yeah, casual movie watcher. So you get to see both sides next week. Yeah, so that'd be next Monday, which would be May 9th uh, for Uncharted. So check it out um, if you want to rent it or or buy it. Uh, if you're a huge fan of Tom Holland and uh, Mark Wahlberg, I guess they're the main two headliners, right? Yeah, yeah, the main two guys. So yeah. if you like them, you might want to check it out. Yeah, and just to remind everyone, like we actually had a weekly real outing uh, during our off season when this movie originally came out in theaters in February. So Andrea was out there, Francis was out there, uh, Jeremy's uh, roommate Sean, shout out to Sean, and his mac and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's not he's not making mac and cheese right now, but yeah, yeah. everyone will know Sean because for his mac and cheese now. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, we we had a good time hanging out um, and and doing a little bit of a mixer because I think that was the first time we all hung out as a group. So uh, Uncharted next week, May 9th, go see it on digital rent by do the whole thing. Support movies, please. So, Jeremy, do you have anything to plug for the upcoming week? Uh, Not really. Actually, nah, not too much, but keeping... Uh, keep a lookout on our social medias like maybe TikTok or the Instagram Reels. I want to emphasize our weekly Reels right now just because, or, yeah, I get it, weekly Reels on, hey, the, on the Instagram. Hey, I saw what you did there. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, we're, we're starting to post more on there and get a little bit more creative. So look out for that, uh, at Weekly Reel on Instagram and at Weekly Reel Pod on TikTok. Yes, and we're starting to add a lot more video content, so you could see Jeremy and my faces. I don't, we'll, I don't know how I'll orient it. I'll probably just try to do it so that it's, uh, so that it works out. But yeah, um, check us out at Weekly Real on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and then just like Jeremy said, at Weekly Real Pod on TikTok. Uh, for me, you can follow me at Freakin' A. The spelling will be in the episode notes. Um, so yeah. It's uh, it's been a really fun episode. So, uh, Jeremy, any final thoughts on the unbearable weight of massive talent? This movie could have gone really bad, but I'm so glad it did not. And it surprised me in all the good ways. If anything, the weakest parts were like this whole like CIA stuff. Yeah. Or DEA. I don't know what they were doing. It was a drug cartel. I forgot. Yeah. I think but, it was CIA. It was probably CIA. But yeah, that's probably the weakest stuff. But at least they didn't spend too much time on that. Right. And they killed them off too. So it was yeah. nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it was just like this little interesting plot thing or they put in there. Luckily, they didn't spend too much time and actually gave proper time to our favorite people of the whole movie. Right. Exactly. Uh, I do want to bring up one last thing. I mean, we didn't get to my question. I'm just going to ask it here anyway. It should be a real quick question. It's actually related to Andrea's question <laughs> from the double feature, uh, which is funny to me. But my question to you, Jeremy, is if you were in Javi's place, I mean, because we were talking about you playing Javi and uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger playing the Nick Cage role, uh, Lucas had um, threatened Javi with this piece of dialogue and so i want to get you, <laughs> your feelings on how you would answer it. and you know take as 
much or as little time as you want. He says, either I kill you or you kill, and in your case, Arnold Schwarzenegger. So would you prefer to die or would you prefer to kill Arnold Schwarzenegger? What would you do? Oh, man. You know how it would go down, though? (laughs) It would almost turn out like the same way. And then he's like, but Arnold, it's like, he's like, I cannot self terminate. (laughs) And then then I'm like, no, you don't go. I'm like little John Connor from Terminator 2. You can't go. You can stay with us. (laughs) It's probably turning out to be the same thing. And, but who knows? Maybe I would, I can't kill Arnold, dude. I can't, that, that's all I'm going to say. It's going to turn out like Terminator 2. So so you're going to press the button. Or you're going to have me press the button for you. Yeah, yeah. someone else has to press the button. Gotcha. Uh, and, and you know what? That's the, that's the only way that it could ever go down. Shout out to Arnold in T2. And uh, oh my goodness, who, who played John Connor? Edward Furlong. Edward Furlong. Oh my God. I blanked that for a second. Of course you would know. Of course. All right, well, you know what? Jeremy and I had such a good time watching. Uh, dude, we got, I want to see this movie in the theater again, to be I honest. <laughs> I just want to see how everyone else reacts or if we'll laugh at the same jokes. Uh, but again, thank you for checking out this episode on the unbearable weight of massive talent. Uh, check out next week's new episode on, on Uncharted, um, May 9th. So until next week, see you on the reel.